Welcome to the Israel Daily News Podcast. I'm your host, Shanna Fold, and I'm here to get you caught up quickly. I've got some top news stories for you today from Israel, and guess what? You're listening, so you're already on top of your game. Survive and thrive, people. Knowledge is the best weapon. Today is Monday, February 7th. 2022 in the Gregorian calendar, and the 6th of Adar, 5782 in the Hebrew calendar. Now, let's get to the news. Remember the story we've been covering about the Israeli company NSO and their spying software that apparently the police department has been using to survey citizens without proper clearance from the courts? Well, the country's public security minister, Omer Barlev, says he's putting together a commission to look into the claims, which state that the Israeli police spied on public officials, activists, and private citizens without getting the right clearance from the legal department. Barlev says that the commission is meant to investigate violations against civil rights. He also says it looks like the alleged failures came from former police commissioners and public security ministers under previous administrations. The NSO technology, which is called Pegasus, is considered one of the most powerful cyber surveillance tools on the market and is meant to help fight terror. The Israeli police commissioner Kobi Shabtai has arrived in the UAE, or the United Arab Emirates, making this the first official visit between the Israeli police force and a Gulf state. And there's drama already. Reports circulated on Saturday that the Israeli airlines could potentially halt flights to Dubai over disagreements between the Shin Bet and authorities in the United Arab Emirates around security arrangements that they were working on in the area. Multiple sources say that both sides are in talks to resolve this issue. If an agreement isn't reached by Tuesday, Flights to Dubai will be halted and vice versa. Flights to Abu Dhabi, however, are unaffected, but it's a far less popular destination for Israelis. Although if flights to Dubai do end up getting halted, it's been said that flights could potentially reroute to Abu Dhabi. Meanwhile, Shabtai is meeting with senior officials in the Emirati Interior Ministry and police chiefs in Abu Dhabi and Dubai. The goal of this visit is to establish more lines of communication between the Israeli and Emirati police force. This visit is coordinated by Israel's police foreign relations unit, so I do want to keep in mind we did just mention the Shin Bet, but it's a separate entity. The hope is to strengthen the ties between the two police forces. The Emirati police force also decided to appoint a representative to the Israeli police, and that person will be stationed at the Israeli embassy in Abu Dhabi. The Emirati police force also decided to appoint a representative, and that person will be stationed as an officer at the Israeli embassy in Abu Dhabi. The visit comes only shortly after Israeli President Isaac Herzog's trip to the UAE. When he was there, Houthi rebels shot missiles toward the UAE from Yemen. Last Monday, three civilians were killed in Abu Dhabi, and the country intercepted two other missiles that were fired toward them. Currently, the UAE is using a missile defense system from South Korea, but Israel is in the process of selling one of their units to the UAE as well. So that's all your news on UAE-Israel relations and what's going on between the two countries right now. There's a lot of collaboration. There's also seems to be some differences. If you are getting caught up on your Israel Daily News, we'd like you to consider sending over a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash Israel Daily News slash support. 
The financial support that we get from subscribers helps us maintain our show and it helps us continue to grow and reach new audiences. Subscribers will get a handwritten thank you note and a little poem that I write myself to let you know how thrilled we are to have your support. Thank you for your interest in Israeli affairs, Israeli politics, our world politics. We have one link in the show notes. You can click on that and it'll take you to the page where you too can make a contribution and feel good knowing that you're supporting independent journalism. So check that out at israeldaily.news. You can also support us by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Two, you can share the show with a friend. And three, you can follow us on Facebook at israeldaily.news as well as Shanna Fold. My name has two N's in it, and I'm very sensitive about that. You can find us on Twitter at Israel Podcast. The Tinder Swindler, a new true crime documentary on Netflix about Israeli con man Shimon Hayat is becoming a huge hit. Currently standing at number two on Israel's top 10 Netflix list, the documentary is about several women who fell in love with and financially supported Hayat. He's the son of El Al Airlines chief rabbi Yochanan Hayat. He would meet women on Tinder, which is a dating, dating app. Most of the women that he met with were Scandinavian. And then he built long-distance relationships with them in an effort to receive money from them. After weeks of being the perfect boyfriend to these women, many of them started to become skeptical of him because he would start to ask if he could borrow money. Hyatt had previously shown them luxury during the dating process, taking them to five-star restaurants and hotels, and they believed that he had money of his own, but that he was just going through a hard time, and that many in many cases his diamond business was in jeopardy. They ended up listening to him and giving him their money. In the end, the series estimates that Hyatt stole more than $10 million from these women. He would use the money from previous women in order to afford the next. After spending two years in a Finnish prison, Hyatt returned to Israel and was then convicted to 15 months in prison, although he only served five behind bars. He currently lives as a free man, and rumor has it that he's right here in Tel Aviv. Gal Gadot is banned in Kuwait. Yes, it's true. A Kuwaiti information ministry spokeswoman confirmed that the reports were correct to say Agatha Christie's Death on the Nile film, which includes a slew of Hollywood stars, including Gal Gadot, is going to be banned in the country of Kuwait. It's because Gadot apparently praised Israel's army back in the 2014 Gaza conflict. Her film Wonder Woman was also banned in 2017 when it came out from a slew of Arab countries in an effort to boycott Israel since Gadot is from right here in the Holy Land. Russian-speaking Jews are some of the most important Jews that there are to date, and Ynet has an article out about how unbelievable it is that Russian Jews have actually maintained their Jewish identity through the years of communism that they survived in the USSR. It truly is remarkable. 30 years have passed since the fall of the USSR, and there are about 1 million ex-Soviet Jews living here in Israel today. More than 100,000 arrived in the 70s and 80s. Most of them emigrated after the dissolution of the Soviet Union. Since then, there have been huge strides and positive change. Jewish life has become visible for those who stayed, and a Jew is the current president of next-door neighbor Ukraine. The Refuseniks, 
which were the leaders of the Russian Jewish Revolution, are a huge part in getting Russian Jewry to the state that it is in today, where Russian Jews are observing and being Jewish out and proud. Ida Nudel, or Ida Nudel, one of these figures, passed away in September at the age of 90. We didn't commemorate her here at the Israel Daily News podcast, so we'd like to commemorate her now. Nudel is known as the guardian angel for helping Jews flee. Another one of these prominent figures is Natan Sharansky, who spent nine years in a Russian prison just because he was Jewish and is Jewish today and that he was open about wanting to immigrate to Israel. He was talking about it and he was thrown behind bars. After the USSR freed him, he left for Israel, where he currently lives. I hope you all enjoyed that little bite of inspiration about Russian Jews, many of which are right here in Israel, celebrating their ability and freedom to be Jews out in the open. All right, well, that is it for today's show. Today is Monday, February 7th, 2022. Tel Aviv has a low of 9 degrees Celsius and a high of 19 degrees. That's 49 degrees Fahrenheit for the low, going up to 67 degrees for the high. Subscribe to the Israel Daily News podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're hearing it from. We are everywhere. Don't forget to sign up to our Israel Weekly News Wrap. It's a newsletter with the top five stories coming out of Israel from throughout the week. I also usually add a few personal anecdotes so that you can get the inside scoop on what's going on in my personal life. And I always mention our professional highlights from the Israel Daily News podcast as well. You should have received the newsletter in your inbox from me last night if you are signed up. If you're not, you can sign up for our newsletter on our website at israeldaily.news. Thank you to Michelle Milner for her social media work, and thank you to our two brand new interns, Arit Skolnick and Perry Schwartz. These young ladies from the United States are writing scripts and working on reports starting today. So you'll be hearing some original content from them. Welcome aboard. I'm going to send you off today with a song called Follow by Erica Kral and Leon Golding. Enjoy this new song from these Russian-Israeli female DJs. They are so talented. Have a great and productive day and an excellent week.
Красиво. 